Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode of Kessler Run Weekly. We are now recording Clone Wars commentary. I'm your host, Cheyenne, and I'm joined by Summer. Say hi, Summer. Hi. Uh, so thankful that you're here to talk Clone Wars with me. Haven't I done you. I've missed you. Haven't done a lot of Clone Wars content lately, so we're doing some fun episodes today. Um, do you remember the first time you saw these episodes, or did the rewatch kind of have like full start over? So the first time I watched them was probably five, six years ago. So yeah, this was. Wow. Yeah, a lot of things have happened to me now and then. So <laughs> <laughs> I like vaguely remember them. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. But now that like, yeah, I. It was fun. Yeah, it was a fun rewatch. I definitely really enjoyed these. Um, I I feel like some of the droid missions are not as cool as this. Like, some of them are pretty cheesy. And this one is also cheesy, but it's also filled with a lot of, like, information. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, like, little information that is very critical to their, like, the whole over arc of the story. Yeah. But I think it also kind of shows some, like, little the relationship between the clone, the troopers and the droids and like how they feel about them. 100%. Because it's interesting to think about um, how the clones treat like the battle droids Mm -hmm. and then how they have to translate that into making sure that they don't treat the current, the droids that they have to use the same way. Right. Right. Um, Okay. So let's get into this first episode. Um, this one's called Mercy Mission. It's we're in season four, episode five. Um, this one, it's the first of a two-part storyline for R two and C three PO, and the fortune cookie for it is understanding is honoring the truth beneath the surface, which I loved because it kind of showed that I kind of feel like R two gets people more. Yeah. Because, like, C-3PO is very much by the book and, like, pretty much just, oh, no, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. Whereas R2 is like, dude, they have a problem. Let's go see if we can fix it. Mm -hmm. And then C-3PO, like, always has to do something to where R2 has to go rescue him. But, yeah. Yeah. 99% of the time. Um, Yeah, no, I agree. I think this this little fortune cookie could be taken two ways. Uh, One being literal because understanding is honoring the truth beneath the surface so they literally go beneath the surface of this planet and have to honor the truth of the people that live under it as well as the people that live on top of it and then find a solution but also like theoretically emotionally uh philosophically (laughs) understanding is honoring the truth beneath the surface because until you understand the truth within yourself you can't honor yourself so right exactly or honoring someone and you don't necessarily know what their reasons for doing it but you do it you know and you honor them but that's honoring what they have beneath the surface too exactly so we'll get real philosophical here at clone wars commentary yeah (laughs) you are summer whenever you like take a pause break and you breathe out you're breathing directly into your mic just as a heads up just like It's, it's hard. It's hard. My The only reason my mic doesn't pick it up is because I shove it over in the corner. But it's not a headset, so it's different. Okay. Is that um, any better or worse or no? It's, yeah, that's good. Okay. It's just when it drops, I think, below your chin is when it starts to get a little, like... Yeah, because you don't hear my voice, but if I, like... 
Just or here. Oh, I could do this. Oh, that works. That works great. <laughs> I love that. I like, how does David do this? There's that is a very fancy headset. There's no way that I would know what to do with it. Okay. Mine is very insignificant compared to that. <laughs> but I love it. Mine's wireless, so. Yeah. Um. Okay. So this episode, Commander Wolf and the Wolf Pack leave um, battle to do like a mercy mission, like a bringing back or bringing supplies and different things like that because these people are suffering from earthquakes. Um, I don't really know. It doesn't explain how they know that this is happening, right? No, it doesn't. And um, it doesn't expect, it doesn't explain when it started. It doesn't explain how it's just they're suffering. I, I guess it probably happened in the Senate. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe somebody was like, hey, excuse you. This one says, so when the guy, the announcer guy at the beginning, a Jedi transport on a mission to block separatist annexation of the Kilora system is waylaid to provide desperately needed humanitarian relief to the people on the surface of Aline. So they were on their way to do something else. And then they were told to go drop off supplies to here. Yeah. Um, Also, side note. There aren't any, like, real new introductions of clones in these two episodes, but I did learn that I said the wrong name of a clone um, in one of my last episodes with Grace. I called him Seeker, as in, like, looking for something, seeking. Yeah. But his name is Sinker. (laughs) Like a sink. Like like he sinks things. (laughs) Yeah. So I did mess that up because in the other episode I was talking about how, like, oh, Seeker isn't mentioned in other things except for, like, a comic or something like that. Um. because Seeker well, is, but Sinker is not. Sinker is a different club. So, anyways, fixing my mistakes. Um, all right, so let's talk about Alina. Uh, they're a species of short, sentient reptiles from the planet it's of Alina. They're so stinking cute. They're so cute. I love them. Um, their government consisted of a king. <laughs> they were ruled by an individual named Men- Menchucho. Menchucho. I think mm-hmm. I said that right. Um, it says the Alina were, oh, this is cool. The Alina were first developed for the 1999 film, The Phantom Menace, directed by George Lucas. Alina was the name given to the species that Rats Tyrell, a character from Menace, belonged to. Hold on. Rats Tyrell. Did you also know that this is one of the least watched episodes? (gasps) Oh my God. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. It says that, where'd it go? That only like a couple million people watched this. But this is like the least watched episode. Uh, where'd it go? You know, things that when you. What? Oh, it says the Mercy Mission was the least watched episode of the series to date with only 1.3, uh, 1.35 million viewers. Oh my God. Also, that's so many viewers still. What the heck? Yeah, but if that's your least amount. <laughs> yeah, heck yeah. Okay, I found out who Rats Tyrell is. I mean, you guys can Google it, but also everybody probably knows more than I do. <laughs> Rats Tyrell was the Alina pod racer pilot. Okay, so he... Oh God, I was like, I don't that name sounds really familiar. Yeah, I don't remember what happens to him. He dies, though. He definitely yeah, dies. Well, well, half the... Almost half... Over half the whole pod <laughs> people just like, explode. That's fair. Um, He... It's crazy. Okay, so I hadn't... I don't ever think about 
how the live-action aliens look like the ones that we see in Clone Wars, because obviously, like, Clone Wars is a really good way to introduce us to all of the species that we've seen in live-actions, but I never, like, think about it until I see it in the Clone Wars. I didn't correlate how Rats Tyrell looks with the the Alina people. Mm-hmm. I just well, didn't probably, do that. Yes, it is CG versus CG animation. Yeah, yeah, that's so. But it, so it says here that unable to control his pod racer, little Alenia could only throw his arms into the air and scream as he fatally collided <laughs> with a stalactite. His family oh, reportedly no. is seen mourning after the race's conclusion. Oh no. Oh no! I didn't realize that. Wow, I'm gonna have to watch that today. Oh no! Okay, poor R.I.P. R.I.P. Poor Rats Tyrell. Um, so we basically on the surface level, C-3PO is there simply to translate things. He was there before that, so I want to know why. Um, but I guess they could have like sent them on a transport and been like, "Hey, go do this real quick." Um. But C-3PO is there to translate for them. Commander Wolf is kind of, like, brushing it off. He's getting so flushed, frustrated because he doesn't want to talk about it. He's yeah. like, I don't want to be doing this. This is below me. Yeah. And that's an interesting concept to grasp for me because a lot of people really love Commander Wolf. And I'm like, listen, Commander Wolf's a little annoying. He's a little rude <laughs> over here. But he's very matter-of-fact. He's black and white. There's no gray. And this yeah. is a... A mission that you have to be very gray in and mm-hmm. diplomatic. And-, and it's funny, too, because C-3PO literally thanks him for, like, Wolf says something and is like, yes, good work, sir. And I'm like, oh, my God, listen, 3PO, it's fine. Sweetheart. Do, no, no, no. do what your heart, do what your little metal heart tells you. <laughs> um, So we go below the surface and, I, what, like, a little earthquake aftershock happens again and yeah. they fall into the hole, right? C-3PO falls in the hole. R2 has to use his little cool little jets and, yeah. like, drives himself down there. Yeah, because R2 is the rescuer of all of Star mm-hmm. Wars. Of um, so when they go below the surface, it's just dark at first, and then they start to see some, like, bioluminescence stuff, and they come across <laughs> the Kindalo. I don't think I'm They're saying so that right. Pretty. They're so pretty and so creepy, and I love them. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh, this is kind of like Lord of the Rings, giant tree yeah. things going on. That, oh, okay. that is exactly where my brain went, and I didn't – listen, I'm the worst Lord of the Rings fan. I'm very surface-level Lord of the Rings fan. I couldn't pinpoint why I felt like I knew these trees, <laughs> and that's I will why. Say it's because my husband watches Lord of the Rings, like, for background noise, oh, so nice. I have inevitably just, you know – Hurt, yeah, and I know that it's like Pippin. Somebody they get they put on the top of the trees and they're yeah. going to Saruman's castle. Yeah, I should probably start putting that on the background. Maybe that would help me subconsciously remember what happens in the movies. Because <laughs> I watched The Hobbits more than I watched The Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> Kindal over a species of tall bioluminescent tree, um, tree-like sentient who could be found in the subterranean caverns of Aline. The air on the surface of Aline is poisonous to the botanical beings that live below, um, and they guarded the passages between the two biotopes and were capable of provoking earthquakes to seal any breaches. So I guess the earthquakes were intentionally, were initially meant to seal the breach, and I guess it just couldn't happen because obviously we saw how they had to close it, so... Like, how did it... What I want to know is, they couldn't lift that. I know. How did they lift the seal off to begin with? Yeah. 
It's it's an interesting concept to think about. Yeah. Things questions unanswered. Yeah. All right, go <laughs> um, ahead. And then they meet with the, I guess leader of I don't want to Orph- call her a leader, Orphney. Or, yeah, Orf- I was gonna say Orphine. But yeah. yeah, Orphney. Orphney, female being of an unknown species who resided in the underworld of Aline. Um, mm-hmm. Not necessarily Force-sensitive, Orphne did possess magical powers similar to those of the Night Sisters. However, her abilities seemed to be much more light-side, based on those of the Night Sisters. She could transform into a shimmering cloud of pink light. Her species was humanoid. Um, Amphibian-like humanoid. Yeah, yeah. She's cool. She's cool-looking. Um, interesting. And then looking. she gives the riddle. Oh, yeah. Like, I know it's the same. I know. I know. I've heard it before, like somewhere else. And mm-hmm. I was like, I know this. But then when I started seeing R two, like, dr- you know, drive around on the ground and mm-hmm. look, I was like, oh, oh, okay. So that's Earth. And then, like, of course, you know, C three PO is like overanalyzing everything. Yeah, hundred percent. And I was like, I mean, when R two, like, I'm using air quotes here, peed on it with oh, yeah. water. I was like, oh, God, good job, R two. He's helping. <laughs> he is helping. That's so funny. Yeah, I I always feel like when I hear riddles that I've heard before, I am like, I know the answer. And then I still just, I get it right in my head, but I'm not confident enough to say it out loud. Right. <laughs> and that's how I felt with this one, because I'm like, this one's, it's so obvious. And yet, I feel incorrect, but I wasn't. Well, see, I kind of went along with C-3PO for her, mm. uh, yeah, C-3PO at first, because I was like, oh, a bed. So, like, a flower bed. And then I was like, but there's no head on that. Okay, so that didn't work. <laughs> That's not it. And then and then when he started doing that, I was like, oh, a riverbed. Got mm-hmm. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know. It's like I forget. And I forget, yeah, like aspects of the river until I. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, this is a cool little fun fact. Also, for the viewers, today I'm also on Wikipedia. I haven't done anything off of StarWars.com this week um, for these episodes. So on Wikipedia, if you go to Orphney under behind the scenes, says when asked about Orphney and her powers, supervising director Dave Filoni said that certain aspects of her person, such as her inhuman speed, were just natural traits found in members of her species. However, her ability to disappear as a cloud of light was, in fact, a magical ability. He likened Orphney to a light side equivalent of Night Sisters, although she was not a direct force user. That's cool. Yeah, I love that. I really like behind the scenes information. I didn't, I don't ever read those, so that's why I'm like including them now because I notice them now. All right, that's it for the first episode. Do you have any other thoughts before we move on to the second half of this? It was a very cute, just kind of little, it's not a filler episode because it was cool to see, you know, how the clones interacted with the droids and Mm -hmm. everything like that. But it was a cute, very cute episode. I, I really, I enjoyed it. I got some giggles out of it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, um, I liked how this arc for, yeah, like a droid episode, it's quote unquote filler, but also like not really because it's alluding to this like deeper space, space issue um, that the droids don't usually get to be a part of. So I like that. Yeah. Um, okay, so episode six is called Nomad Droids. Nomad Droids um, closes out this arc, and the fortune cookie is, who's the more foolish, the fool or the fool who follows him? Which is definitely something that Obi-Wan said? It says moral. I'm going to fact check myself really quick. Um, 
do you, while I do that, do you want to talk about the, the little tiny people in Hazu? <laughs> I love the, the force perspective they use when they first open the, the scene. Um, because, okay, well, first of all, General Grievous attacks the ship. And that's how R2 and C-3PO got onto the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, how do you say that? Pate. Oh, uh, Petit Patuna? Petit? Yeah, there you go. Petit Patuna. <laughs> so, like, they got forced down there and everything like that. And, which I think is kind of funny because R2 was like, why are we getting an escape pod, Sissy Dance? Let's go ahead and just jump in the ship and, you know, let's see if we can do some damage. And I love how C3PO is like, R2, can you just please get, get away from the drawer, get away from the battle? We don't want to be in the battle. This is a bad thing. And R2's like, let's go. Um, but anyways, when they do crash, the force perspective that they use, I think is really interesting because you're like, oh, these are like really kind of big things. But it says they're attacked by diminutive natives and they underestimate, underestimate their capabilities. So it was kind of like the, um, uh, Gulliver's Travels. That's what I was thinking of. (laughs) And then they, uh how they like you know zap them and everything and i was really surprised how like um how strong the electrical currents were yeah me and summer were talking about this before the episode and about how like significantly different and similar the species is (laughs) to everything else we see yeah and um but then um they were like oh the big heizu you know he he's the leader and everything like that and then uh, R2's like, um, uh, yeah, we're not, we're going to fight. And C-3PO's like, no, don't fight. And then he like claps him on the back and squishes him. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was great. Okay, of course. And then I think it's great through the whole episode, they left like the splatter marks on <laughs> R2. Yeah. Like they never took that off. It's so funny. And I was like, well, okay. I just like imagine, I imagine R2 like rolling up to Anakin and him being like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like, uh... What did you do? Archie's like, actually... Hmm. As they continue on, um... You know, because cause they were like, oh, well, you killed him, so now you're going to be the leader. Oh, yeah. He was like, uh, no, that's not the way to do it. And then I love how he, like, says, you pick people that you want, and there was those three, the two guys and the girl. And he's like, well, who wants this one? Who wants that one? Who wants this one? And he's like, great, you're a... You're a uh, diplomacy, bye, and, or democracy, and they're all like fighting with each other now, and I'm like, it's insane. So C three PO just invents democracy on this freaking planet and leaves. Bye. Yeah. Bye like, forever. That's so that, funny. To that's C three PO right there. Yeah. I mean, a summary. You know, yeah. Um. Uh, uh-huh. Oh, sorry. That that quote is something that Obi Wan has said. Um. Who's the more foolish, the fool or the fool who follows him? Um from A New Hope. So it says, when they said it, Luke, Han, and Kenobi have smuggled themselves aboard the Millennium Falcon to momentarily escape Imperial capture, but Han's not so convinced they're getting off the Death Star. Because um, I think Han said something, like, rude, and Obi-Wan was like, who's more foolish? Because you're following me, and I'm the one doing this. So, I I remember Sir Alec Guinness's voice saying it, and that's the only reason it lives in <laughs> ah, me. It just popped into your head. <laughs> yeah, your head. it lived in my that. brain. Um, 
You also really liked this next part when we were talking about it before, The how this one is like the Wizard of Oz part yes, on the planet yes. Balnab. Yes. Um, and I loved how quickly, like, uh, R2 was like, dude, this is not real. And how everybody's like, oh, he's so scary. You know, and then it's just those little pet droids. And yeah. they're like, and they're like, what are you going to do about it? And R2's like, uh, I can do a lot about it like this. It was amazing. I freaking loved that. Um, I, whenever I first saw the episode, like, way back when I first saw the episode, I didn't even correlate that. I was like, oh, this guy is just, like, a mean ruler from somewhere else. And I loved how they did that. It's so cute. I also love that the pit droids did that. Like, they are so insignificant in the movies and just, like, little mechanics in the movies and even in The Mandalorian. But they, they got some brains on them. They were working. Some of them. Some of them. Some of them. This also goes to show that sometimes they come out of their, you know, their their rank and file and they develop minuscule but minor personalities. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It was awesome. Um, they named that uh, character that they created, the persona, um, Albi Dewal. Dewal. <laughs> Wow! Wow! <laughs> um, he basically just looks like a big version of the species on the planet. Um, oh, here we go. Let's see what this says. It says that it was created by a DUM series pit droids. I didn't even know that there were different series of pit droids. I'm of course Cheyenne. I don't know what they are, but you know there there are probably five million but different series. Obviously. Of everything. <laughs> It says designed for maintaining pod racers. Pit droids are cheap, expendable, and durable repair droids. Um, stood at 1.19 meters tall. Degree class 2. Don't know what that means. Manufacturer Servo Droid Incorporated. <laughs> Servo Droid makes everything. Yeah, they're the only ones. Um, okay, that's cool. I wonder how other how many other series of pit droids there are. Um, but that's all I got for that one. Um, so they... R2, like you said, exposes the wizard in this scenario. (laughs) Um, And then they are still, like, lost and unable to recharge. So then they take a a little nap under some mushrooms and are lucky that somebody even finds them at all. Um, Mm -hmm. And I want to say it's potentially... Hondo's pirates that find him. Yeah, that's what um, I know. The that's same what species, Nathan, like pointed out really quick. He's like, "Oh, that's like Hondo's species." I'm like, yeah, oh, that's where it came from. Because I was like, "Going, wow, they look really familiar." Yeah, and I want to know. I'm curious to know if they almost were in Hondo's clutches, but because of the intervention with Grievous and Plo Koon and all of them, that that's how like. We wouldn't. We could have seen Hondo in that episode, but then we didn't. But also, mm-hmm. like, I think that that species is like notorious for being becoming pirates. So yes, yes. Um. So, anyways, we see the droid battles, which is an interesting concept that we revisit in Solo the movie. Um, mm-hmm. and then Grievous has a Jedi, and I don't remember her name, in custody with him. Uh, is it Master? Ga- Galia? Galia? Oh, yes. Master Galia. Galia, sorry. Mm-hmm. I am horrible with, like, reading No, it's names. okay. You said <laughs> the Gaul part, and that's all I needed. It hit me. Yeah. Um, and they escape, but then they end up on Grievous's ship, and then so Plo Koon comes to the rescue for Master Galia, not for the droids. 
and he and doesn't it, but, even know who they are. But Nate, but Nathan did kind of my husband mm-hmm. threw up a really interesting point when we were talking about this this morning. Is that you would think that these people would be that would know who Anakin and Padme's droids That's what I'm are? Saying. I mean, he's been with Luke. He's been with everybody. He's and goes with everyone. How do they not know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can see C-3PO, but R2-D2 is very distinct. Right. And, like, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Plo has spoken to R2-D2 before this point. Because when C- or even C-3PO, C-3PO recognized him right off the bat and was asking him how he was doing and everything like that. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. But obviously he didn't know them well enough, but it kind of goes to show how people are just so dismissive of droids. Yeah. And like how they don't even see them. Yeah. And 100%. how people as like Anakin and Luke, they actually, and, and even uh, Amidala, yeah. they acknowledge the droids and they are like, oh, these are actually, you know, they help us. They're not just tools to be used. Yeah. Yeah. It's a significant difference. It's interesting. And I expect more from Plo. <laughs> um, but yeah, Commander Wolf was just like, yeah, I know these droids. <laughs> and then when he was like, oh, tell me your story, he was like, really, really, we should, we okay. <laughs> He's like, no, I gotta go. Okay. <laughs> um. So then, all's well that ends well, as per usual in the Clone Wars, ish. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's the end of the arc. End of the arc. Uh. So we'll be back for more of season four, at some point. Uh, but I kind of, I just wanted to backlog some episodes so that our listeners have content. So I appreciate you being here for this. Yeah, you're very welcome. It was a pleasure. Do you want to tell people where they can find you on social media? Uh, I actually have not been very active on social media, but uh, you can find me on Instagram and I think it's Summerland1121. You are correct. I think it is. Okay. Um, (laughs) I think think you're right. Um, If you guys ever have uh, questions, comments, concerns uh, about things that Summer might have said on a episode, feel free to reach out to the Kessel Run Weekly um, social medias or my own personal ones, and I will pass the message on to her um, if she's not active at the time. So you can find me personally at cjerica on Instagram or cjerica95 on Twitter at thekybercrystal.wordpress.com. The crystal does have two L's in it. That being said, you can follow the main channel at Kessel Run Weekly on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, joining that Facebook group, Kessel Crew. Thank you all so much for listening. Summer, thank you for being here, and may the force be with you. Always.